It's another exciting weekend of MLS play with some juicy matchups with some big playoff implications. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. Always with me is Ivis Galarsep. What's up, buddy? Doing pretty well, man. Uh, can't complain. Uh, you know what? I, I, I already butchered the beginning of the show. I meant to say with me is the celebrity himself, Ivis Galarsep, part of the SI top Twitter 100 sports people to follow. Yes, yes. Uh, it was a pretty good week. I, I got to say, it's a little surreal to be on a list with uh, with with some of the people on that list, like Mike Tyson, Phil Jackson, LeBron. Um, it's actually my third year in a row on that list, but this year just it's just for some for some reason it's it feels different. Seems like it, people are making a way more a way bigger deal about it, and and I got to say, I'm pretty uh pretty honored to be on that list. Why is that? Why is it just because you think uh, just. I mean, because they gave you a nice little bio. I mean, they were talking about how you've been doing it for, for years. I mean, do you just think that just the more and more soccer becomes watched, attended, people are interested in it? I mean, do you, do you think that's maybe kind of what it is that made it more special for you? Or was it just something totally random? No, I think it's a Twitter thing. I think just Twitter Twitter's so big now that, uh, you know, and especially sports on Twitter, uh, that it, you know, it, I think just seeing, seeing how tough it is to get on that list uh, I, honestly, I felt a little awkward at being kind of the only American soccer representative on there. But you know what? I think, if anything, it should send a message to, to players out there in MLS and Americans abroad. Get your step your Twitter game up, people. Get yourselves out there. Get yourselves. It, it, I, I think some some of these guys need to work on the marketing aspect of the, of themselves. And, and 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 there are guys who do do well with the Twitter. Clint, Clint Irwin is one. He's a, he's a new guy who's pretty funny and a, a pretty good follow. There's some people that are doing it, but but when you think about the stars of the game uh, in this country, uh, Clint Dempsey he doesn't tweet anymore, really. Lennon Donovan hardly tweets anymore. Tim Howard is not on Twitter. Michael Bradley is not on Twitter. So I, I feel like in a way it's a missed opportunity, but you know hopefully hopefully some of these guys can step up and we can get some we can get some more representation on the on the list next year. My sources were telling me that I was like 105. So I you know, I just missed the list, Ivis. <laughs> in Arizona. <laughs> uh, among soccer people. Yeah, among soccer people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Ivis, we have a jam-packed show today. I'm actually up in Utah, so if the quality of the show is uh, a little I'm in a hotel right now, so everyone listening, I'll be at the US Open Cup final, so I hopefully uh, I'll be able to meet some people. I'm trying to convince Ivis to come up here. So people listening to the show, just just call Ivis out for the next 24 hours and convince him to come to Salt Lake with me. <laughs> Listen, anybody wants to send me a ticket, uh, a flight, you know, hook me up with a flight. I will be there first thing. But as I've said before, I've been to I've been to Real Salt Lake for some big games. Right, I, I was there for the opening of their stadium. I was there for the uh, the Western Conference Final uh, back in '08. Uh, I was there for the Concacaf Champions League final. Uh, against Monterey, and, and for those who know the history, Real Salt Lake didn't win any of those games. So I think it's probably best for the folks in the, at, at RSL if, if I'm not there. So, but I'll be watching. I'll be watching on the on TV. Unfortunately, yeah, it's it's also freezing up here, Ivis. I'm I'm freezing my butt off. I left 95 degree weather for like 45 snow. It's it's ugh, it's horrible. I don't know how people do it up here. Well, freezing and freezing. You you calling something freezing makes me makes me skeptical because. Obviously, you're used to the heat. So. Oh, I'm I'm the worst. Like I go snowboarding around. Like you know, you get out to the you know the mountain at like eight nine by two o'clock. I'm I'm complaining. I'm wet. I'm cold. I want to go in and grab a beer. Ivis, enough enough BS. We, we got to get into the show. Um, tons to talk about. Like we said with MLS, lots of juicy matchups. Has some big playoff implications going into this weekend. Ivis and I, as always, will preview all the games. Before we get into that, lots of news on the Americans abroad front. Lots of good things. Hercules Gomez, a player that has been 
out with an injury as of late, hasn't featured with the U.S. men's national team, is back, scored a hat-trick for the Zolos in CONCACAF Champions League play. And, Ivis, this is just a, a great start for Hercules Gomez to come back after that injury. Oh, it's a dream start. I mean, when you think about the fact that it was such a such a big move when he went to Club Tijuana, just the idea of him joining that large group of Americans, people have been waiting uh, for him to come back. And, and he's almost kind of become the forgotten man because it's been, been a month now. Uh, and you've had other players, Paul Areola specifically, step up and kind of grab the spotlight there. But it is a big sign for them to have him step up the way he did. And again, you have to consider the competition. They weren't exactly playing a uh, super tough team, but it's still a great first step for him. And for a team like Tijuana, struggling a bit offensively, uh, they're a little inconsistent. They, they have a new de- a coach who's a very de- defensive-minded coach. You want to see how he fits into their system. As we already know, Joe Corona is struggling to fit into that system. And I, I wrote actually on Thursday evening, uh, I wrote a story about Joe Corona's uh, current status. Uh, I wrote a piece for Goal.com. And he, it's his future there is up in the air, um, you know. He and it's crazy to think because we're talking about a local product, you know, San Diego kid who helped them get to the the the, the first division in Mexico. You know, he he was one of the keys to their drive to the premier to to the first division. He he was a key to their championship team, and he was part of, big part of their Copa Libertadores run. But now he's he's out of favor. He's on the bench. He hasn't gotten a single minute in in the, in Liga MX play in five matches, so it, it, it makes you wonder what what's going to happen to him, where he's going to be uh, come a few months from now. Not that I want to get too far ahead, but going back to Hercules Gomez, the October qualifying games is that too soon for Hercules to come back, or is it a good opportunity for him to to really get some positive minutes under Jurgen? Uh, I think it's early. You know, I mean, when you're talking about an older player. Uh, dealing with knee injuries. I mean, Gomez had knee injuries the entire summer. I mean, for those who remember, he had the heat uh, going back to the June qualifiers. He, he, he was dealing with it. So, um, you know, you want you don't want to rush him back. There's no need. There's no point. If he, if he is 100% healthy, I mean, it seems like he's healthy, right? Uh, you, you could see wanting to take a look at him, but I think I think Klinsman should be pretty cautious about it. Maybe you bring him in, have him in the camp, but I, I would I would kind of take it easy on him. He just got back. Uh, he's got a few weeks now to get to get all the way back as far as fitness. But uh, you know, at, at his age, do you want to throw extra games on him when you don't have to? I'm not so sure about that. Uh, another player coming back from injury, and this is also big news, Ivis, because it plays into what everyone's talking about with the U.S. men's national team, whether or not who's going to be playing right back. That's Steve Trondolo coming back for Hanover from the injury. You know, what's his status? You know, he's a little bit older. He's 34 years old. But if he comes back, do you think that he could play himself back into the U.S. men's national team and earn a spot with the Brazilian squad? Well, I have no doubt that for, when you want to talk about the World Cup team, if he is healthy, I think he's on it. You know, I, I just think he still he still has so much quality that when he's healthy, that and not just his quality on the field, but I think his leadership off the field – uh, he's he's a calming presence. He's a real level-headed guy. Uh, he just has all. He has so much experience. And hey, he's the captain of his team in Germany. He is a leader. He's a leader. He's someone you can kind of, uh, especially with a young team like we're starting to see this U.S. team become. You want to have a guy like that. And never mind the fact that right back is a bit a, a position that's completely in flux right now. Um, I think if he's healthy, he's there. And I think Klinsman is willing to wait for him. And, and, I, and I, for that reason, you know, he's not. I don't see him rushing him anytime soon. He, I, he's not going to play in these games in October. I doubt he gets a look in November. He's going to let him focus on the club side, 
and and just try to play, work his way into the spring, and hopefully be ready for the summer. I absolutely think he's an option. And then some other news, Aaron Johansson reports are coming out that Celtic is interested in him. I mean, this should come as no surprise with the start that he's having, uh, scoring tons of goal, goals Excuse me for Azed. You know, obviously, top teams in Europe are going to be looking for him. And, and a team like Celtics that, that has had some Americans in the past and they're always in the champion, uh, European Champions League, I mean, that could be a good move for him. But, you know, it's just rumors, though. But, I mean, Ivis, what, what's the latest on that front? Uh, I don't know how much there is to it, to be honest with you. I mean, I think it really just boiled down to Celtic being in the Netherlands scouting and, and that kind of turning into this whole uh, story about Johansson and Celtic. I mean, clearly Celtic has looked at players in the past, uh, some Americans. I know Juan Agudelo was someone they were really high on and they actually really wanted to bring in. He obviously went another route. He went to Stoke City. Uh, I, I, did, I, I did find it kind of funny, the reaction to the whole uh, Johansson story, Johansson Celtic story, and it was mostly negative. It seemed like U.S. fans wanted no part of that. They don't want him in Scotland. And I don't know if it's because it's just the, the, the lack of quality in that league or the physical style in that league. Do you want him, a technical player, in that league where you can just get two-footed and get injured and that, that sort of thing? Um, I, I think I don't think it's time for him to move yet. You know, I mean, he just got to Aze, mm-hmm. and he this is his first full season. Let him get a full. Let him get at least a one year under his belt, uh, and then talk about uh, maybe in 2015. Uh, you know, two years in, and then look at the next step beyond that. I mean, hey, if he scores 30 to 40 goals this year in all competitions, there's going to be offers. There's going to be looks, especially if he goes in the World Cup, makes the World Cup team, plays in the World Cup. Yes, things could change. It, 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 he could get fast-tracked and have big offers next summer. I think it's a little early for that. I think that's you know a little bit wishful thinking. I, mm-hmm. th- I think right now, let him play. Let him get settled in. The Dutch league is a good league. You know, I, I feel like people well, people are hating on it right now. Because yeah, because mean, of how Johansson's doing or, or how Altidore is doing, and and that's that's the thing, Ivis. Are these guys just you know Johansson and Altidore and other guys who are scoring? Are they just that good in the Dutch league, or, or is the Dutch league not as good and it's not a fair level of assessment? Does it make sense? It's a, it's a good league, you know, and that, that's the, that's what what I find funny is. Look, are there more goals scored in the Dutch league than other leagues? Yes. Is it a more wide open league? Yes. But it's still a case of like Josie Altidore was still among the very best. In the Dutch league last year, one of the leading scores last year, uh, other top scores in that league made big money moves. So uh, it, it's a respected league. It deserves more respect among, uh, among American fans. And it's funny to me because I mean, if you if you ten years ago or even five years ago, mm-hmm. if, if I had told you that there were that there's American players in the Dutch league scoring goals, people would go would be going nuts. But now it just seems like. Uh, uh, it's only the Dutch league now. I feel like people have become spoiled about it. But you know what? He's playing well now. He's he's young. Let him develop. Don't don't rush him. I don't see him making a move anytime soon, and I don't think he should. And I think the other thing too is sometimes people forget is you know obviously guys guys at this level they they can put the ball in the net. But as a coach, finding a guy who could put the ball in the net, I mean that that takes that takes time to find a guy who consistently do that. And look, the reason people are saying oh well he's a pro he should put the ball in the back of the net. Well, there's a reason why you're playing your Sunday beer league because you can't put put the ball in the back of the net. It's not easy. And if guys can do it at a consistent pace like Johansson out the door, I mean, it's good for them at a young age to learn how to do that. I mean, it, it takes time to score goals. I mean, especially when you're a younger player. Ivis, time to go into all the MLS games this weekend. The biggest game of the weekend is going to be on Sunday night, Seattle Sounders hosting the New York Red Bulls. We've already talked about this earlier in the week. Thierry Henry not making the trip. Alave not making the trip. Seattle Sounders, they also have some injury problems. 
Clint Dempsey possibly might be out. Leo Gonzalez looks like he also might be out. It kind of takes away maybe a little bit of the pizzazz, the, 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 the excitement of it, but I still think that we'll have a good match what we saw last week when the Sounders took on the LA Galaxy. For you, though, Ivis, is there any chance New York can go into Seattle and come back with three points? No. Don't see it happening. <laughs> it, I'm sorry. Just, you know what? It, don't don't it, be so mean. It, it, no, it's you know what? I'm <laughs> speaking realistically, they will not go to Seattle without without Thierry Henry and without Hamas Olave. They will not get three points in Seattle. Do they have any chance? Happen. No. Um, it, it, yeah, I believe Snowball and Hell are involved in the in the equation that gets them a, a win there. Could they get a point? Possibly, but you know what? The way Seattle's playing, I know they you know they got a point in L.A. Uh, the way they're playing right now, and the way they're playing at home, the way that crowd is just is just dominating uh, uh, opponents that go in there, they are gonna. They, they, I don't see how they don't win that game. And you know, for me, uh, for me, the I think the bigger the bigger tough part about Sunday is going to be uh, putting putting that game on on uh, on TiVo while I watch the Breaking Bad finale, as I think most people are going to do. But once that's over, and once we can focus on the game, I think Seattle. Their attack is just too tough for the Red Bulls without Olave. Olave, it, it, Olave has become such a linchpin to that defense, such a focal point to their their defense that without him, they, the drop off is huge. There, I, I, I'm, I just think, I just think they're going to miss him. Even you could argue even more so than than Henri when you think about having to cope with a Seattle attack that whether or not Demps, Clint Dempsey plays, I don't think he's going to start. Maybe. You get some minutes, but even if Dempsey doesn't play a minute, Seattle's attack has too many options, too many dangerous options. Obafemi Martin, Eddie Johnson, Lamar Nagel, Mar Rosales. They just come at you in waves. They have so many, so many attacking options that come at you. And and I just don't see Seattle uh, dropping any points. I I think they're going to take all three points. And they're going to retake uh, the top spot in the Supporter Shield race. And for people who who maybe haven't been following the news, it should come as one no surprise that Henri is not playing this game because of the turf. Same with Olave. I, I think poetic justice, Ivis, would be New York would have to play Seattle in Seattle for the MLS Cup final. Well, you know what? I, I don't. I don't see. I don't see it the way you're seeing because you're, you're looking at it as some sort of disrespect or, or or whatever. What it boils down to is you have two players important players who have injury concerns in terms of uh Hamasan Olave has bad knees, right? He has a bad knee. He's played through it, but he's very susceptible to, to knee injuries. Terry Henry has a chronic Achilles injury that can get can be exacerbated by playing on on certain uh, uh types of artificial turf. Seattle is such a field is that kind of field. Now if you're the Red Bulls, do you take a chance on your most important player and your most important defender Going to play one game on bad on what they consider bad artificial turf, risk losing one or both of them, or do you sac- sacrifice this game, get those guys some rest, keep them off that turf, and have them for the stretch run? I mean, I think it's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. And, and I know, look, obviously, I think people would love if all the stars were there and everyone was available. Yes, it'd be great, but you can't. I don't. I don't see how anyone could knock the Red Bulls for for being uh, practical about it. Now, listen, if this game. If the Red Bulls were needed this game to get in the playoffs, if it was the last game of the regular season, or if it was MLS Cup, I think I think it's pretty damn sure. I think it's a pretty safe bet mm-hmm. that Henri and Olave would be playing. They'd be on the field in that game because you know what? Then it it mean everything. But in this case, it, you're talking about the difference between one game and risking three or four games and possibly the playoffs. Because I tell you what, if the Red Bulls lose Terry Henri to an injury, a, a, a serious injury, now they're done. Their season's done. They're not going anywhere without Terry Henry. So I totally understand why they're doing it. 
Uh, it's unfortunate. And you know what? I don't think the fans of Seattle are going to mind too much. So the game's still going to be packed. It's still people are still going to watch. Uh, it's a little, is it unfortunate? Yes. But I, I don't see how anyone can blame the Red Bulls for, for making that decision. I have a First game of the MLS weekend is going to be on Friday night. Sporting Kansas City is going to be hosting the Philadelphia Union. To say the Union have been struggling would, would <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't maybe do it correct justice. The Union have not scored a goal in the last three matches. Uh, the last goal they scored against was August 25th against the New England Revolution in that 5-1 to loss. Uh, Sporting Kansas City is home. They've never lost to the Philadelphia Union. Claudio Baylor's coming back, and I just don't see any way the Union can come back with a point or three points in this, and it really looks like their playoff chances are, are starting to to really fade into the distance. Well, I, I tell you what. I don't give the Union much of a chance to win in Kansas City. They have beaten Sporting Kansas City. They just haven't beaten them in Kansas City. Um I, th- I don't see them winning this game, but at the same time, they you know they still have five games to go total, and uh, you know they they had they're going to have opportunities, uh, but they need to start turning it around pretty quickly. After this game, they play Toronto FC, mm-hmm. they play DC United, they play a, a struggling Montreal. So those are some games they could win, right? This game it's going to be tough. Because, you look right? at the teams around them though. F- crew playing well, Fire Revolution. I mean, they cannot you afford to drop though. Well, no, they can, well. Listen, teams go teams go hot and cold. You act like you act like those teams are going to stay hot the rest of the way. Could they? Sure, but more realistically, these teams are are going you know they're going to drop points. They're going to drop games. The Union do not have to run the table to make the playoffs. I'm look, looking at their schedule right now. I'd say they probably have to win three games at least to have a, a realistic chance. Can, can they afford to drop a game? Yes, absolutely, they can afford to drop a, a game. But the real question is, how are they going to look in this game? Are they going to be competitive? Are they going to put together the kind of game they can build off of? I mean, hey, you know what? Maybe they will pull an upset. But I think the important thing is to actually play well. Their their offense has been absolutely awful the last few weeks. As we all know, Jack McInerney is in a real slump. He hasn't scored in 12 matches. He's actually gotten benched for two of the last four games, including the team's last game. He came off the bench. He, uh, Jack McInerney's, uh, I'm sorry, John Hackworth's really trying to figure out a way to get him going. Um and until until he does get going, I think they're in a lot of trouble because they need him. Uh, as much as Connor Casey's been a real uh, a real find for them, and, and Latou has done well for them, they don't have McInerney scoring goals. They're not going anywhere. Uh, for Kansas City, though, I think Kansas City's really hitting their stride. They've had a few injuries that they've dealt with, but they have the depth to deal with. Claudio Beeler's been hurt. Uh, Yuri Rozelle's hurt now, but they're going to be okay. They still have so much firepower. CJ Sapong's starting to come on. Uh, they, they also have Dom Dwyer, Sunny side in their attack. They, they're rolling right now. And I tell you what, if you're asking me who to bet on to win, to finish first in the East, I'm going to go with Sporting Kansas City. Ivis, a uh, few hours before Sounders host uh, the New York Red Bulls, the Portland Timbers are going to host the LA Galaxy. LA Galaxy had a midweek game this past week. They won uh, and they advanced in the CONCACAF Champions League. Galaxy, like they're always able to do in, in some of these competitions, they're able to rest their main starters. So, so none of their main guys played uh, that midweek game. Uh, any what, what's your take on this game? Any chance LA goes up to uh, to Portland and, and comes back uh, with victory? Uh, it's going to be tough. I got to tell you, um, uh, it's going to be a good game. Uh, as we saw the last time LA went up to Portland, it was a it was a pretty exciting affair, and it ended with the the, the late winner from Andrew Jean Baptiste and the post game uh, shouting match between Bruce Arena and Caleb Porter. Uh, this this has the makings of a really good rivalry between these teams. Uh, you know, you have the the veteran coach, and you have the younger coach. You, you you've got this kind of established 
reigning champions and then the upstarts working their way up. There's so many storylines here. Uh, for me, you know, I know Seattle, New York's going to get all the headlines, but for me, mm-hmm. the game this is this is the game of the weekend. This is the true game of the weekend because you know, the, New York's not going to have their stars. Seattle's not going to have Dempsey, but this game, uh, it, it's it's going to be a great matchup. And and I it, I don't see LA going and winning in Portland, but I can definitely see them getting a point in what I think is going to once again be a real chess match, a real physical tactical battle. Ivis, uh, Chicago Fire are going to be hosting the Montreal Impact. Uh, Montreal, you know, we, we've talked about them the last couple of weeks, how their defense just hasn't looked that good against the Columbus Crew. And then last week against Vancouver, you know, Fire also coming off a loss to the Columbus Crew. You know, both teams desperately looking for a win here. Uh, but, you know, I think the Fire will be able to take it at home. Do you, do you agree with that? I, I think so. I, I just think, I think they, they'll, have the, um, they'll have the attacking players who can take advantage of that Montreal defense. Uh, I, I, you know, obviously Baki Sumari being suspended is going to hurt, uh, but I, th- I still think their defense is good enough uh, to deal with Marco Devayo. And I, I mean, Mike McGee, Mike McGee versus that defense—the way that defense yeah. is playing right now—you got to like Mike McGee's chances of finding at least one goal. Uh, well, especially if you can get a one-on-one. If you can get a one-on-one with Nesta, I mean, dude, he could torch them all game long. Well, I think you could score against Nesta at this point. No I don't know, man. Look. I I run like the White House is tied to my back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I'm going to go Chicago in this one. Montreal, man, they're on roller skates. They, they if they're not careful, they could they could be that team that just completely falls apart at the end of the year and slides out of the playoffs. Ivis New England Revolution going to be hosting the Houston Dynamo. Uh, I think most people will glance over this matchup. It doesn't have the sexiest matchup, especially when we look at the other matchups this weekend. But uh, both teams looking to solidify their spots in the Eastern playoff race. Uh, any chance Houston goes up to New England and comes back with uh, with a point or three points? Well, look, we all know Houston's not a great road team, uh, and New England's a pretty good home team. So one thing I can say is I don't see this being a pretty one. I I think this is going to be an ugly physical game. Um, You know, it's it's not the the beautiful game I don't think is going to be on display in this one. Um, But uh, you know what? Houston's playing really well right now. So even though they they don't have the best track record on the road, I think they can absolutely go there and get a point the way they're playing right now. The way their attack is starting to come together now, starting to wake up. Uh, you're seeing Oscar Boniet, Garcia, Giles Barnes, uh, Will Bruin. You, you're seeing them starting to get going. And this is a perfect test for them because New England has a tough defense, one of the tougher defenses in the league, actually. And, and, and it's not going to be easy. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. But uh, I, have to, I have to give the Dynamo the edge in this one. Ivis, uh, the Columbus crew, we've talked about them, how they've looked as of late. They put themselves back in the playoff picture. Uh, FC Dallas could be hosting them this weekend. FC Dallas lost their uh, last two games. You know, they're also on the big time outside looking at the Western Conference. And if they lose at home to the Columbus crew, uh, I think there might be, you know, we always talk about MLS is crazy. Anything can happen. But, uh, you know, I wonder if FC Dallas season could, could finally kind of come to a close with a loss to the crew. And the crew could win and find themselves back in the play. They could find themselves in the playoffs with a victory in this game. And this is a huge game for the crew. Absolutely. This is a, this is a, another case of two teams heading in opposite directions. And when you look at it, you say to yourself, it should be easy to pick. It should be easy to call. Columbus should just win this game. They've won three out of four. Uh, FC Dallas can't get out of their own way. They, they've lost on own goals the last two weeks in a row. And I can tell you, man, I was in the FC Dallas locker room in New York last weekend. And, you know, I know a lot of the players pretty well. And 
just talking to the guys, the, the sense you get there, it's a, it's a dejected group. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a, it's a, it's feel, it feels like a defeated group. And I honestly, I've been saying it, I've been kind of hinting at it a while now and talking about it more in the in past few episodes, but I, I really don't know what, if Shellis Hyman's going to be able to turn things around there. And, and if he doesn't, there has to be some questions about him in that job, and does he keep the job? I think he probably keeps the job, but I don't know if he should keep the job because you know what? Uh, w- w- what has he done lately? Uh, what have you done for me lately? Is the, is 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 the question? And and the way this season has fallen apart for them, um, you have to ask some questions about it. And, and I, I, they're at home; they they should they should be able to muster uh, a good performance. But like you said, Columbus is playing with a lot of confidence right mm-hmm. now. Dominic Adura is playing well. Iguain is doing what Iguain does. Um, so they're going to have a real chance to get the three points on the road. Me, personally, I think it's going to be a draw. I think I think there's enough quality on that FC Dallas team that they're going to be able to muster some pride and put in a strong performance. Does that mean they're going to have enough to win the game? It's tough. They'll need Blas Perez to really have a game, uh, really punish Columbus. But I, I think it's going to be a draw. I think they're going to do enough to hold Columbus off. But I, I, I don't know if I see Columbus taking all three points in that game. The crazy late game on Sunday night, Chivas USA hosting San Jose. That starts at 11 Eastern. It's crazy to think it starts at 11 Eastern ends at 1 in the morning for you guys on Monday the following day. Uh, but I think for most fans would probably look at this and, and people would say, oh, Earthquakes going to going to L.A., taking on Chivas. They should come back with three points and, and really you know be in a good position in the Western Conference of the playoffs. But Chivas, Ivis, they've only lost one of their last seven home games, and we've seen a lot of teams go into L.A., and we've expected better results, and they just haven't had good results against Chivas USA, and this isn't going to be a for sure three points for San Jose in this one. Uh, by no means. Uh, I think uh, Chivas I've been saying it a while now. I know they got totally obliterated last week uh, by Houston, mm-hmm. but they, they've been playing better, and as you said, they've been playing better at home. I think having a real scoring threat now in Eric Torres has made all the difference for them because they were a lot easier to play when you really didn't have to worry about them catching you over the top, having someone who's a real threat behind uh, in their in their attack. You know, they were much easier to play than they are now. Uh, San Jose's playing well, though. I, you know, I think they're playing. They're they're starting to find their form. Uh, they only have one loss in their last uh, six matches, and and, and I think do I, I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're 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 making a push. Uh, and, and what's interesting, they they still have the Champions League to play. They still have that 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 you know the must win, winning your in game to win their group in the Champions League group stages. Uh, so I don't I doubt they're looking ahead to that. Um, but I think this game is important for them because not only are their playoff hopes still alive, mm-hmm. but they want to they want to stay on good form heading into that all important Champions League game. And the other game we have not talked about, DC is going to Toronto. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it, I think they should just play that behind closed doors. That way, everyone, that, that way, everyone if, has an excuse not to see it. If you know I mean? Ivis, if if you're DC with the U.S. Open Cup game on Tuesday, do you play any starters in this game, no, or do you just rest everyone? No, no, it's 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 no. You're going to see a a, a a reserve DC United team, which is going to it's going to be ugly. <laughs> it's going to be ugly. I, I, I just they have. To, I mean, what are they? There is no. I mean, I wouldn't even honestly. I wouldn't even fly my starters to that game. I would just fly uh, twelve players. I'd, I'd fly Why would you fly? Like, that's that's too much money. I'm sure you could just find some guys at a park, sign have, sign them to one game contracts. Don't have to pay well, them anything. Let them keep the well, equipment. Well, that's not allowed. That's not allowed. But it, it probably the quality probably wouldn't be much different. <laughs> no, but listen, uh, I, I, we should we should really not talk about this game. But 
Uh, it's you know Toronto should win. They're going to play a weak team. And if Toronto loses that game, wow, I, I think they should just refund. They should refund everybody's tickets. They should refund the money to all the TFC fans if they don't put on three or four goals in that game. Well, Ivis, we've reached the end of the show. You know what that means. It's the SBI Q&A. If anyone wants to send in any questions, you can do it at any time on Twitter. Hashtag ask the SBI show. You can also do like hashtag Garrett is awesome or Garrett rules. And you know sometimes those questions get answered more often than, than not. Uh, first question, you can ask the question anytime. So if you come up with some brilliant question at three in the morning doing whatever you're doing, send it in. Send it on Twitter. Ivis and I always checked. First question comes from Kevin Lopez. Mohidano, is grass at CenturyLink Field a must? It's not a must, obviously, but it would be great if they could do it. Um, I, I think maybe uh, with the climate there, it's probably tougher to keep a grass field. Uh, and, and you also have to wear, uh, deal with the Seattle uh, Seahawks and, and whether how, how a field would hold up uh, with, with a football team, MLS team playing on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it, it. It would be great if they did it, but as of right now, it, it doesn't seem like it's in the, in the plans. Next question comes from Troy LaFleur. Who gets called into the senior team first, Yedlin, Gill, Areola, or Villarreal? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, – it's, it's either Yedlin or Gill. Uh, and why? Well, I just think well, – well, Areola's 18. He's, he's, played, he's been a pro for two months. People need to settle down. He, he looks great. He looks like he has all the promise in the world. But slow down. Pump your brakes, folks. He's not getting called. You know, I think it's too early. Uh, and Villarreal, you know, I, I think he's he, he's good too. But I, I just think for where they are right now in terms of games under their belt, experience, Gill obviously has been a starter for a few years now. Uh, for he, He's got a ton of games under his belt. Yedlin has, has been a starter now for the full season in MLS. So those are the most experienced guys. It's going to be one of those two. Uh, mm, uh, you know what? I think they both get called up at the same time. And it could be in January. Nick, oh, yeah, January camp. It's, it's big. Uh, next question comes from... Kevin Wiesolo, what is the likelihood that FIFA could overturn the 2022 Qatar World Cup and give it to another finalist like the United States? I don't think it'll happen. I think it should happen, obviously, with everything going on there and the human rights violations and, and the obvious corruption and, and, and bribery that's gone on. It's a, it's a bit of a joke that they have it, but you know what? Do I see it happening? I, I, ultimately, I think too many huge bribes were taken for that to get overturned. That's my opinion. Well, okay, this brings up the... Okay, so someone answered... Someone didn't answer. They asked kind of the same question, the same lines. They talked about that the slave labor. I mean, do you think that human rights issues could come in and someone could take away saying, you know, I mean, this is what this guy Conrad's asking right here. He goes, slave labor, this jumps to number one of many on my list of reasons to move the cup. Any thoughts? I like. I just said. Like I just said. I don't. I don't know if it happens. I mean, yes. Could could you? Could people try to put pressure on 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 companies and and sponsors to put pressure on FIFA to try to get them to move it? Yeah, sure. But is it realistically going to happen? I don't. I don't see it happening. I, I think it'd be great if it did, but I don't see it happening. Uh, next question comes from Troy Lafleur. Ivis, this is a FIFA 14 question. Okay, let's going to test your knowledge. If you get offers to manage both the U.S. Men's National Team in Peru in FIFA 14. Who do you choose? <laughs> uh, I'd probably choose the USA only because I know it pays a lot more than, than coaching Peru. What I, what, one other thing I will say about FIFA is, you know, the, uh, yesterday I actually played a bunch uh, just to kind of, you know, check the game out. And, and one thing I did notice is the announcers on that game say, uh, say as many names wrong as you do. 
So it, it reminded me of you as I'm listening. Thanks, to Ivis. The, I appreciate like, that. Like, like Juan Agudelo and, and, and all these. Uh, all I don't the, I don't say that. I say Juan Agudelo. I, I, I get his name right. I get his name I, right. I know, but it's just the same idea. I thought it was pretty funny. I, it was unbelievable how many, really? how many MLS how many MLS players' names uh, they said just they just completely botched. And it seemed like easy ones, too. So I, I thought that was pretty funny. Really? Huh. Mar- I, Martin, Tyler, Martin Tyler does not know how to pronounce MLS players' names. Interesting. I'll have to uh, pay more attention because I always play as MLS teams when I'm doing like my ultimate team and stuff like that. So I always have to check it out. Uh, next question, or pay attention. My ears will have to pay more attention. Next question comes from Eric Fox. Will Olsen start next season? This is Ben Olsen. Results don't justify it, but owners may want to continue for the youth movement. I'll tell you what, the sense I get the sense I get in DC is that he's gonna stay. He's gonna he's gonna be there for next year. Uh but you know, the the one person I'm wondering about and nothing's happened yet, no no announcements have been made, is the general manager Dave Casper. Does he stay? Does he keep his job? Because I mean, someone has to answer for this, right? Someone has to answer for the year that they've had. Mm-hmm. And if they don't if you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying I like <laughs> fire him, but how, do, how does he keep his job? I just, that would that would surprise me. I mean, I just just look at the track record over the years. The the, the international si- the international signings, uh, most of them bad signings, uh, deals that they've made. There's a reason this team is where it is. So I'm curious to see what the ownership group does there because I, if if Ben Olsen stays, how do you have this nightmare season and no one and no one gets fired? Uh, next question comes from Derek Studebaker. Could Frank Yallop be the coach of RSL if Christ leaves? Uh, that's not, you know what? I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule that one out. I got to tell you, um, you know, I think, I think Frank Yap's a well-respected coach, uh, even though he, you know, he's left. Uh, obviously, he left San Jose. Uh, I know DC United wanted him um, at, at one point, uh, pretty recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so if 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 Ben Olsen is not the coach in DC next year, I think I think Frank Yallop will be the coach. I, I do think I, I do think that Yallop has some ties with. Uh, with the, the Real Salt Lake general manager, uh, I, I know they know each other, Garth Lagerway, uh and Yallop. I know they know each other, so I could see that there. Uh, it'd be a little interesting, just style of play wise, uh, how, how how that would change from Jason Christ to Yallop. Um, but I would I wouldn't consider it the craziest idea. Yeah, and aren't I a part of the hiring committee for RSL since I'm an employee for them? That's what I heard. That's what you, that's what you told me. <laughs> I, I'm, you know what? I can tell you what. I can I totally imagine you right now. In full Real Salt Lake garb right now. Uh, you know, it was a little cold out, and I, I will admit that I might have had to grab a jacket <laughs> or two that had a, a certain logo on it. Nice. Uh, next question comes from Cami Essig. What team would you consider to be the most physical in the league? Also, whose style do you admire slash want to watch the most? Mm-hmm. This is an interesting question. Physical, most physical team in the league. Uh, San Jose is pretty physical. I mean, I, they obviously have a reputation. I thought Colorado... Uh, can they can be a physical team? Colorado absolutely can be a physical team. Um, as far as styles of play, I mean, everyone. I think most people like watching Real Salt Lake play. I think their style of play is pretty pretty uh, fun to watch. And I think uh, Portland. I think Caleb Port has done a good job there with uh, uh, with the the type of possession uh, style soccer that they play. And look, LA Galaxy when they're clicking with the talent that they have, they're absolutely fun to watch. Uh, wait here. I'll, I'll make it interesting. As far as the most physical, Ivis, let's say we're it's Walking Dead. If you had to choose one team that you know, it's like you're part of your group. Who would you choose? Oh, San Jose Earthquakes. I think, right. I think I'd have to go because you know what? I can totally see Stephen Lenhart being just a complete like wacko and, and killing people. He'd be like the Daryl 
of the group, and and then you'd have Vic, Victor Bernardes. I mean, who wouldn't want Victor Bernardes on their team, uh, uh, killing zombies? Um, and then you have a couple fast guys, like the you know, like the Asian guy in Walking Dead. You, you have who, who's okay. who? Who? Okay, fine. If you choose San Jose, who's the first one to die? Goodson. <laughs> he kind he's kind of skinny like a zombie, so he could kind of you know he could he pass he could pass for one. He could just wear some natty clothes and, and put a little fake blood on himself. He could he could pass for a zombie. <laughs> uh, final question comes from Rob Wright. Why do people assume games in hand are automatic wins instead of potential points possible? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I know there there are the points per game people, and I get their point. I get I get why they 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 like the idea of points per game. Uh, especially when like there's a huge disparity in 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 games, right? I get that, but when you're getting later in the year, even if it's two games in hand, I, I still think you have to look at the points earned. You have and 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 stop with the points per game thing later in the year because those points are not in the bag yet. And I know even if a team's on great form, you can't assume it. And, and it really hit home for me uh, a couple of years ago with DC United. Uh, when, when they were on a nice run, Dwayne De Rosario was playing out of his mind, uh, MVP form, and, and it looked like for all the world, like they were just going to storm into the playoffs because they had like they had like three or four games in hand on the teams above them. And guess what happened? They fell apart. They hit a wall. They didn't win. Any, they didn't win any more games, and those games in hand meant nothing. And and every and, and all those people who just swore up and down those games would turn into points. Uh, we're really quiet after that. So I think that opened my eyes to, to, to the reality that, listen, it's the points that you have actually earned that matter, not the average of points, because that doing that assumes you're going to keep that up. You're going to keep the rate up that you've had the whole year, and you can't assume that. You can't assume points. So you know what? It, it won't matter in a few weeks, so all the teams will start evening, evening out in the next one or two weeks. Uh, but that's just, that's just why I think people with the points per game think it's always the people – whose teams have games in hand that are like holding on to dear life to the points per game thing because they want their team to be recognized as the best team. Seattle Sounders fans, uh, not all of them, but some of them just will not shut up about, hey, we have points per game, points per game. Listen, we know your team is great. We know your team's probably the best team in the league, mm-hmm. but you haven't earned the points yet. Let your team earn the points, and then you can talk all you want. So just wait for your team to play the game. Well, Ivis, that wraps up all the questions. As always, we appreciate everyone giving us questions. And that wraps up the show today, man. So uh, so you have an uh, exciting weekend. I'll be freezing my butt off up here, but uh, you enjoy your your, uh, your great weekend, man. Yes, sir, man. It's a, It should be a good one, and uh, have fun there. Don't hurt yourself skiing. And, uh, There's not that much snow. There's not enough snow. Up. There's not enough snow on the slopes yet. Uh, unfortunate. But if I get into a snowball uh, fight, we'll, I'm, I'm, you know, I back. could get hurt in a snowball fight or something like that. Well, you're so skinny, and it's hard to hit you. So, uh, you know, that works in your advantage. Stop it. We'll be back That's so stupid. That's so stupid. It totally makes sense. Why, why can't, why can't, why can't I not, why can't I, I not? I will lose in a snowball. What, 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 what happens if I just have high agility? You know, I'm, I'm I I'm able to duck really quickly. You know, I've I've you know I'm very quick reflexes. That that could be a reason, not because I'm skinny. Why do you Why do you assume because of that, Ivis? Come on. I'm just saying that's an that's, I'm just saying that's an advantage for you. <laughs> and, and you of all people probably would have high agility. I, I yeah yeah it's, I'm, I'm wiry as my buddy once said one time. Wiry. You're, you're lanky. Yeah. You're lanky. No, you're lanky. You're also right. five. You're also five three. That's, that's also not. That's also not confirmed. 
that is that is not confirmed by any source as of yet. Five four five three. That might be confirmed. Uh, well, Ivis, before I uh, make myself look like a midget on this show, you have a good weekend, man. And uh, I'll talk. I'll touch base with you on Sunday night. And if anyone wants to send in any questions, Ivis and I will record the show on Sunday night. We'll have it up Monday morning. So send us send us some stuff over the weekend. Yes, sir. Yes. Well, Ivis, I'll talk to you later, bud. All right. Talk to <laughs> we, we keep saying goodbye. We always do this, man. <laughs> we always like BS. Uh, it's you, like ridiculous. I always do it. Hey, hey. I always do it. Because like, like, you hang up. You, you, you hang up. No, you hang up. Because it's obvious. It's because I love talking to you too much, man. I, I hate hanging up. That's that's the problem. I know. I, I, I know. Actually, we just want to ramble. We, you know what? I think we just want to ramble so we can annoy those those people who complain when we do ramble i know this is for you people just turn just, just turn the show off if you don't I, I always find that so funny they're like oh i hate it when you guys bs okay well the, the show's free I, I can never figure that out all right well before we piss off those people even more <laughs> i guess i'll talk to you later and uh and as always everyone thank you for listening to the show we appreciate all the comments hey, hey, one, yes one last one one last one yes if you haven't yet be sure to give us a rating on itunes uh, we've we've slipped back under five stars. We're at four and a half stars. Yeah. So if you haven't done a rating and you like the show, give us give us a chance there. To throw us a rating when you get a chance. Yeah, and you want to give us five stars, we'd uh, we'd really appreciate that. Well, Ivis, I'll talk to you later this week. And as always, everyone, thank you for the support, comments, reviews, listens, and everything else you do to to give us support on this show. This is the SBI Show.